Well, in our conversation today, we're going to ask and answer three questions. Three, three really basic questions about prayer. And the first question is uh, perhaps the best place to start. What is it? I mean, what is prayer? What are we talking about? I mean, we all have some random idea of what prayer is, but what is it? Well, in its inherent nature, prayer is communication. And, and I think it is essential that we understand that. Communication is taking what's inside of us, formulating it to express it to someone else so that they might understand, okay? In its basic, ultimate, when you tear it down to the very foundation, prayer is about communicating with God. And think about this. Perhaps you say, well, you know, isn't it more like a request document? We fill this thing out, we send it up to heaven and let God take care of it? It's more than that. I mean, think about this. Remember when Jesus' disciples came to Jesus and they made a request and they said, teach us to pray like, like John, John the Baptist, how he taught his disciples to pray. Teach us to pray. And, and think about the, the disciples' prayer and how it is just thick in relationship. I mean, to look at it, you might look in Matthew chapter 6. That's what I'm going to read here in just a moment. We're, we're doing a theological uh, uh, sermon here this morning, which means we're asking the question, what does the Bible teach about prayer? So we're going to be in some different passages, but we're going to kick off here in Matthew 6. Jesus, in response to this question, said, pray then like this, our Father. Just in the very two first words here, we see nothing but relationship. The word our is a plural pronoun. It means not just me, it means others along with me. Friends, that's relationship. Now look at the next word, Father. Well, obviously, that's relationship. How do we, as the children of God, relate to our Father? It's a relationship. And it defines what kind of relationship we have with God. So pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Primarily, our prayers ought to have something to do with God. Primarily, we're talking to God about the things that matter to God. Secondarily, the things that impact us. Give us, there it is again, that plural pronoun. Give us, not give me, but give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Wow. It is all about relationship, friends. And I know that, that, that prayer is hard. It is not an easy thing. You know, how many of you have started praying and woke up from a nap? And then said, amen. <laughs> I mean, it happens. 
You know, I mean, the way our minds work anyway seem to work against our prayer life to begin with. We go from one word that jumps to another subject that reminds us of something else. All this stuff is happening in the background of our mind all the time. I mean, probably already something I've said this morning reminded you of something else, and you're gone, and now suddenly you're back because I'm talking about you. Prayer is not an easy thing. You know, and we ought not approach it as it is some simple thing to do. I mean, you all wouldn't be there admitting, you know, yeah, prayer is a struggle. I mean, you know, I pray before I eat and stuff, and that's really good because we are to receive all things with thanksgiving. You know, I mean, this, that's good. But my friends, I'm telling you this morning, there is so much more. But it is not for the faint of heart, my friends. But I want to enjoin you this morning. It is worth it. So prayer is about relationship. I mean, the, the very nature of the, the Great Commission is relationship, you know. I mean, John wrote to, you know, the churches and said, hey, if you say you love God but hate your brother, you're a liar. God is all about relationship. The great commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Hey, that's the first part of the disciples' prayer. Focused on God, his name, his glory, his kingdom, figuring out what his will is so that you might engage in it. And then let's talk about our relationship with other people. Give us this day. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. God ties them both together. My relationship with God can often be measured by my relationship with others. Because, friends, you hate your brother. You can say you're loving God, my friends, but God says no, no. No, one of the ways we honor God and love God is by loving the people around us. So prayer is by nature a relationship. And certainly it is about access. In Hebrews 4.16, Hebrews 4.16, that, that famous verse, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we might receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. And it is access. God has enjoined us to come to him, to pray, to, to ask of him. Jesus, some of the last meetings he had with his disciples, talked about prayer. You know, you will now ask in my name and you will you know, God is all about providing resources to his children who are working for the coming of his kingdom and living in obedience to his will. That is, that is the train track of answered prayer, my friend. When you are interested in the same things that in, God is interested in, he will provide all of the resources to make it happen. So prayer is indeed a relationship. It is access to God, and that is oft overlooked. You know, the, 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 the fact that no matter where you are, no matter what is around you, no matter what is happening here, there, or anywhere, you have access to God. There is no special place on this earth that you need to be in order to pray. 
And it is, it is a remarkable thing that, that you and I might speak and that God listens. God hears our prayers. So prayer is indeed relationship. It is access. And it is primarily private. Now notice I didn't say prayer is only private, but it is primarily. In Matthew chapter 6, and perhaps you've already turned there, in verse 5, Jesus said, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners. And why do they love to pray there? That they might be seen by others. And truly I say to you, they have their reward. There is an inherent danger in praying publicly. And anyone who has stood before a small group or a large group knows the temptation that instead of talking to God, you begin to form your words so that they might be received with joy by the people around. That prayer that was supposed to be directed to God is now somehow transitioned into talking to man. It is, a, it, is, it is a temptation, my friends, especially for a new believer. You know, well, I don't know the words to, I don't, I want to say it well and smooth like the, but why? Again, I remind you, friends, of this, this wonderful thing, that the only part of you that truly is interested in God is what nobody else can see. It is the inter-you. It is, it is the longing and the loving and the wanting to please him. and to, So you may fumble and you may not be as smooth as the... But God is honored and glorified by the imperfect attempts of his children to show their love. I mean, who hasn't plastered a, a paper full of colors and mixes and mashes, you know, presented to you by a two-year-old? And you hold on to it as if it is the magnificent work of art. And why? Because it is? I mean, it's a piece of paper with wax on it. But it is a gift from a child as an expression of love. God is honored in these things. In the same way that you and I are when our children, imperfect though they might be, give us all they have. God is concerned about the heart, not the words. There's no way to pray. We, we adopt a lot of things into our prayer life because we heard someone else say them. Everybody say amen. Come on, let's be honest here. You know? How many of you have learned prayers, you know? How many of your prayers sound the same? You know, when you first formulate them, you know, they, they come from the heart, but eventually they become from a, and this is what we do before we do that, you know? And you would never do that to a person, you know? Good morning, I'm happy to see you. May you be happy all day today. Good morning, may you, you know, we don't do that to people. Why would we do that to God? You know, so we'll just take a moment to think about the nature of prayer and the nature of our prayers. We're answering the what question here. What is prayer? It is relationship. It is access. And it is primarily private. And why? Because privacy is intimacy. In verse 6, but when you pray... 
go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. It does not mean that the people of God do not pray together. It means that in, when we're talking about your relationship with your God, there ought to be a whole giant aspect of that that is just privacy. Private between you and God. In the same way that you have just some private, quiet moments with your spouse or with your children, and it's just family. You ought to have that with God. And friends, if that's missing for your life, I've got some good news for you. Good stuff coming down the road for you when you enter into a life of prayer. So we've answered the question, I hope, what is prayer? It is communication. It is sharing what is inside with God, our thoughts, our concerns, our dreams, our hopes, our hurts. It is a God who intimately cares about all of those things that only people, other people, only listen to. It is a kindness. It is being polite to listen to someone talk about all of their troubles. But it is God. He is the one who cares. He's the one that can do something about it. He can bring comfort. He can bring hope. And he does. So why should you pray? I mean, we know what it is. But the big question here is, I mean, why? I mean, why go through all the trouble? It is difficult, you know, and people interrupt. They're like, oh, you're praying. Hey, can I get a, as, as if it was nothing, you know? I mean, when we interrupt people, you know, and we notice it, we, we oh, I'm so sorry. Please forgive. You know, but you know, it was only God. You can talk to him later. And that's one of those things about life anyway. Is, is the most important thing is the thing that we are most willing to put off. Time with our spouse, time with our... Oh, we've got lots of time. Oh, there's more time. You know, we can do that later. And it's a shame that we put, put off the most important things in our life. We, we treat them because we think we always have them. As if they are second class. Oh, we'll, re we'll answer the phone. We don't even know who it is, but we're going to answer that phone. You know? And there might be something on Facebook. I better check that. Hey, hold on, honey. Hey, just hold that thought about how difficult your day was. I want to see if there's any funny stuff over here, you know? I mean, we just, we do. We, we just put off the, the most important stuff as if it's nothing. And we've got to be careful about that. So why? Why should you pray? I want, to, I want to tell you, you need it. That's why. You need to pray. Let me tell you why. None of the answers I'm going to give is because God told you so. God did tell you so, but I'm going to tell you why he told you to. A, because you need it. Intimacy with God, a relationship with God, is why you were created. You were created... And if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, Christ died, for the, for your, uh, died in your place on the cross. He died for your sin. He rose from the dead. He faced all of that to reconcile you to himself, that you might have a relationship with him. Your life will never work outside of a relationship with God. 
There will be moments of flash in the pan of glory of this and that, but it is fading. You will either fail miserably in this life without God, or you will succeed even more miserably. There is no, it's going to Disney World by yourself. Well, that's interesting. Uh, maybe I'll ride. Wee! Life has no meaning without relationship. It's how God created it. You need a better relationship with God. And prayer is the first step in relationship. Stepping up and starting the conversation. You need it. You absolutely need it. We need the intimacy with God. A relationship. But you know what else? You need the provision that only God can provide. Encouragement, courage, wisdom, guidance, instruction, in a very real sense. And uh, we, we don't talk about this enough. We, you know, we talk about spiritual warfare and suddenly we're talking about demons, you know. But I'll tell you what. We've already mentioned this life, this Christian life, is not a playground. It is not us wiggling and walking and bumping our way through life and seeing how God can help. You are a soldier in the army of God. Now, now our equipment is different than that of the, 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 the Navy, the Marines, the, uh, the Air Force, and uh, the Army. You know, we, we don't use it. Our, our, our stuff is different. We have the Word of God. We have a shield of faith. We, but you know what? In the same way that the first person you want to take out in the military is the one communicating with everyone else, friends, communication is essential. Communication, staying in touch with our leaders, staying in touch with the one who provides the resources, who gives us direction. Who You cannot do this Christian life successfully outside of prayer. I mean, you just can't. Now, you can create your own idea of what you think the Christian life is and live that out perfectly successful, but not as the Bible has laid out for us. You need to pray. And there's really no better time to start than now. And we're going to give you some hands-on tools here, maybe. Maybe reformulate the way you look at prayer here this morning, or maybe just give you some good suggestions. But the fact is, friends, you need to pray. It is about intimacy. It is about going through life with God him providing for our needs, his, 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 his comfort, his, his, his healing, his, his love, his wisdom. James instructed the church that they were suffering. He says, yeah, anyone need wisdom? Let them ask of God. That's prayer. How do we know what it is that God wants for this coming week, for this coming year? How do we know the steps that we take? We ask him. You know, there is, there is a, a parable that Jesus gives about prayer. And it's really a great parable. When I was young, it was, it was hard to understand. You know, it's, it's about this, this older, this widow. And she went to this judge to get justice. She was wronged, and she went to the one who was supposed to make it right. But this judge was a rotten man. I mean, he didn't care. 
But this woman, she came day after day pestering him. He didn't fear God. He didn't care at all. He just wanted her to go away. But she kept at it. Day after day, she was just relentless. And finally, this judge like, we don't, I don't care about God or justice or anything else, but I'm going to give her what she wants simply so she'll go away. What's the principle of that? Well, there's no principle at all except he's a rotten guy. And Jesus says, look at the lesson here. I mean, you could wear this guy down and he'd give you what you want. But God... God is good, and God loves you, and he cares about you. He's not anything like that guy. And the fact is, a lot of you have thought God is like that. You just got to wear him down. And he's up there, and he's like, go ahead and pray. Bring me your best stuff, and I'll swat that prayer away. As if God is evil. But God is good. God loves his children. He delights to give good gifts to his children. That's the God that you're ignoring. Not the harsh looking down at you saying, man, they messed that one up too. Look at that. It's nonsense. You know, it's like watching a, a toddler walk around like, oh, look at that. It's just, uh, he's terrible. He's got to get a little more sound and bend his knee. Nobody criticizes that. You delight in the fact that there's effort and work and you know, one day I'm going to hear my little kid out in the back go, Papa! And he might not pronounce it properly, but it's all going to be okay because he's crying out to me. And that's what we're talking about here, friends. Is, is It doesn't matter if it's perfect. It matters that you are loving God and reaching out to him in prayer. It doesn't matter that you sound like someone else around here, you know, who's developed a system, you know. It's, it's about crying out. So you need to pray. And you know why? Third reason, it pleases God. It pleases God. Now, I know we're, we're, we're selfish people, and we don't like people to ask us for stuff. You know, people come up to us, and they're all happy, and they're, you know, what do they want? God is not like that. God does not have a small supply, and he's greedy and holds on to it. He has a storehouse that is vast, and he longs to give to his children. Faith is, is what pleases God, and prayer, if it is anything, it is an act of faith, and God honors faith. I mean, we talk to someone we've never seen, and we will never see in this life, and we've never heard his voice, but we believe, and because we believe, we act on it. Just the very nature of prayer honors God. So how should you pray? This is where we want to get down to it, friends. So skip filling out the outline and just pay attention to this. All right? I'm going to give you the basics. This is the building blocks of prayer here, okay? How should I pray? Well, when you pray, you ought to have the right attitude, yeah, you got to have the right attitude. You just do. In Luke 18, Jesus talked about the Pharisees, you know, and he's standing by himself, and he, and he prayed this way. He says, God, I thank you. I'm not like that other squirrely guy over there. 
I'm not like other men. They're extortioners and unjust and adulterers and I don't even like this tax collector back there. I mean, look at that guy. He says, I fast twice a week and I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift his eyes to heaven. And here's a guy who could see himself. Standing far off, wouldn't even lift his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And these, this is what Jesus said. Having witnesses, these, these two prayers, this man who is proud and arrogant and loud. You think God heard his prayer? I guarantee God heard his prayer. But the one who went away justified... Hmm. Wow. This man went down to his house justified, rather for the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Friends, this is a child asking his father. This is not standing here, sitting at your table, telling a waitress what to bring to you. Friend, this is part of the discovery of the will of God for your life. Prayer starts with humility. It's the proper attitude. And you know, friends, if you want to be really good at praying, you have to prepare for it. And how do we do that? How about some confessed sin? Maybe take some time to think, is my heart right with God? You know, the the person you don't invite to the parties and the person that you you only talk to for two seconds and tell them you got to go, you give them the bums rush, yeah, I got to go, I've got an appointment going on. Person you neglect day after day, were you going to ask them for some help someday? I mean, how arrogant would that be? Hey, can you help me? I mean, yeah, I treat you like you don't even exist, but man, I sure could use you. Do we do that to God? God, I don't really have a lot of time here today, you know, but just, just provide for me everything I want. What kind of attitude is that? How do you prepare? How about with some confessed sin? There's some scriptures that always come to mind when I think about preparing, like Psalm 66 and 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, which means I have sinned, I know I have sinned, and I have no plans to do anything about it, the psalmist says, the Lord will not hear me. I mean, I can scream and yell and dance around my house, but God does not listen to the prayer that erupts from a sinful, selfish heart. I mean, that's the opposite of humility anyway, isn't it? You know, and I think of Isaiah chapter 1. Now, this was written to the, the people of Israel. I mean, they're, they're going into captivity. You know, they, and it's all because of their sin. They're ignoring of God, doing their own thing, and still hoping maybe they can get something out of them. But in Isaiah 1 and verse 12, when you come to appear before me, the Lord says, who is required of this trampling of my courts? You bring no more vain offerings. Incense is a an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and the calling of convocations. God says, 
all this religious stuff is nuts to me. He says, I cannot endure this iniquity. I am weary of bearing them. Verse 15, when you spread out your hands, he's talking about prayer. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Because your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil deeds from before my eyes and cease to do evil. Quickest thing to shut down your prayer life is sin. Hard to talk to a God who's just looking at you and knowing exactly what you've done. Those thoughts rolling through your mind, friends. You don't come clean to prayer. What's the point? Preparation, my friends. You come with a proper attitude. You come with some preparation. Clean it up. Clean it up. And how about this? Once you come after reading the scriptures, find out what it is that God has said about this life, about your life, about this world, about the conditions. And now you have something to talk about. The best, deepest prayers you will ever pray are in response to something the Spirit of God has made known to you. He's given you understanding about the scriptures, about his plan, and about his purpose. It's a great way to come to God prepared. Confess sin, reading the Bible. And another thing, committing to God whatever the answer is, I will rejoice in it. Accepting God's answer. A lot of times we come in, well, I'm going to give it a shot and see if he'll go with it. Ah, he didn't like it. I mean, well, you know, I mean, when we come to God in prayer, do we not ask for his wisdom? Do we not want God's very best? You know, God, not your best today. Just give me what I want. That's not prayer, friends. Come prepared. If you want to know the will of God, if you want to connect with the heart of God, you got to pray. Pray well, my friends. Proper attitude of humility, proper preparation, confession of sin, being led by the Spirit of God, using the Word of God that you have read, that you have studied, and committing to accept God's answer, His will. And then come in the proper authority. Proper authority. What gives us the right to have access to God? We come to God in Jesus' name. What does that mean? I didn't think that uh, you would be hard-pressed to find a, a passage or a verse of Scripture that includes a prayer that ends with, in Jesus' name. This is something that we have adopted based on something that we've read in Scripture. You know, in John 14, 13, Jesus told his disciples, whatever you ask in my name, this will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Notice that. The things that you're praying about that you are asking in Jesus' name ought to have something to do with bringing glory to God. Remember that? Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Yeah. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. 
So what does it mean in my name? What is a name? A name is a reputation. It is about the glory. If you are asking for something, for the glory of God, having access through the blood of Christ, he died for your sin to reconcile you to God, God's going to answer it. It's like bringing your kids, loading them up in the car and saying, we're going to the store. We're going to do some shopping. And the kids sit in the back and say, can we go shopping? (laughs) Guess what? That's an answered prayer right there. (laughs) Well, yeah, because that's where God's taken you. How about find out what it is that God wants to do and enjoin him there. You offer some prayers in regard to this. God, show me how I can find a place here to serve you, to glorify you, to invest in people's lives. I guarantee if that's your prayer, God's going to answer that. Why? Because those are the things that God's interested in. This God give me a Ferrari thing? I've tried that. It doesn't work. God's not interested in that. You know, God is very interested in transportation, in getting you where he wants you to be. Very interested in that. But these selfish things, God's not interested in those at all. You know, praying in the proper authority is not a magical formula. Hey, as long as you tack that on, God's got to do it. He said so. That's not what that means at all. It's not a magical formula, but the prayers of believers as Christ's representatives doing his business, those are the prayers that are answered. Yeah. And do it with a proper aim proper aim. We we learned that in the disciples' prayer. Remember, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Do my prayers have anything to do with the glory of God? Are the things that I'm most interested, are they in any way connected with bringing glory to Jesus Christ? You know? Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. When's the last time you prayed about something of building his church? Bringing about the day when others come to faith in Christ. Standing before him one day. His kingdom, his mission, what God is up to. How about his will? Hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done. Your prayers ought to fit in the groove of the will of God. Just looking for the specifics, my friend. That's where the word of God comes into some real help here. But friends, if we're going to sum it up here, what I want to really tell you here, this sermon in a sentence, is the depth of your conversations with God will really determine the quality of your relationship with God. If you're not talking to your wife, you don't have a good marriage. You're not talking to your husband, you don't have a good marriage. You're not talking to your kids, you're not talking to your parents, you're not talking to your friends, you don't have a good relationship. Because relationships happen with communication, sharing what is inside, listening and learning. It's all about prayer. It's all about relationship, my friends. So what I want to challenge you to do is is to dedicate a place and time for prayer. Make yourselves an appointment with God. You know, we make appointments with a lot of people. Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to meet somebody, so I've got to... But God is the last one to ever get an appointment from us. We've never... Have you ever said no to somebody 
because you have an appointment with God. I'd like to do that, but that's when I pray. It's not that they need to know what's going on, although that's maybe a great evangelism opportunity, you know. But my friend's taken the time to talk to them, to talk to God, to set it apart, to say, God, you matter. I'm not going to try and do this while I'm doing something else. Friends, if that's the way you do your marriage, you're in trouble. Talking to someone while you're on your way doing, while you're working on something else is not really communicating well, is it? Don't do it to God. Don't put God in a back seat on the back burner. Take some time to talk to God. Dedicate time and a place for prayer. Make an appointment with God. And avoid lists. Oh, I just made a whole lot of people nervous with that one, didn't I? Okay, the purpose of a list is to help you remember, right? Make lists that help you remember. But don't make your prayer a list. And God bless Jimmy, and God bless Bobby, and God, and help Judy with the thing with her car, and how about instead of a list, how about if we pray concentrically? Everybody say concentrically. That may or may not be a word, but we're using it here today. And I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. Concentric circles. You know what those are? Like a target. Little circle, bigger circle, bigger circle. The things that make them concentric is they all have the same center. Let's suggest that God is the center of all of these things. And let's start with intimacy, my relationship with God. How about we start there in our prayer and talk about our relationship with God. Then let's move out just a little bit and say my relationship with God with my spouse and spend some time there. And then maybe move out to and my kids and my church, and my workplace, and my ability to stand up while I'm preaching and not ruin stuff. <laughs> I knew that was there, too. Okay, you see what I'm talking about here? And every one of those circles involves the people in our lives. See, we're praying relationally, which is what prayer is. You say, well, that's just a different looking list. Okay. <laughs> it kind of is. It is. But, but add to this, my relationship with God and these people. How about my relationship with the lost people at my workplace or those lost people that live behind me? Concentric, moving out. But it's all about your relationship with God and these people. How does my relationship with God or how should my relationship with God impact my relationship with them? How about my ministry? How about all of the relationships and activities of your life and how they find their way in prayer? Just try that sometime. My relationship with God and how does that now determine my relationship with my wife? Pray relationally, my friends. 
Does that mean we don't pray about things, about prevail? Well, of course. But those things should be in relationship to our relationships, you know? God, I'm concerned about my sister. She's going through a difficult time, and now this car has been having problems. Will God, you provide for her or help her or make the gas go far. But it's about relationships. Life is relationships. Certainly, we ought to pray that way. And you know what? Here's another tip. This won't cost you nothing, okay? Here's the tip. You remember that mind-wandering thing, and then we throw our hands up and say, oh, I guess that's it. Try this. Start writing down your prayers. You know, like the pen thing, go type if you want. Sometimes writing them out help us to be very careful in our thoughts. But this is one that I like. Pray out loud. Remember the time and the place? You know, sometimes you just got to pick a good place for such things. I like to turn off the radio in my car and talk to God. You know, I, I find that I am more focused, less distracted when I talk out loud. That may be a nightmare for you. But what I'm saying, friends, is find what works so that you can faithfully, relationally spend time with God. Start with Him, move to you, and start moving outside the circles. In other words, pray. Pray. You know, if you're thinking, well, he's saying that I can't say, God, help me with this. No, I didn't say that. But I'm saying, you know, to, to develop your prayer life, pray relationally, pray prepared, prepare your hearts. But of all things, friends, pray.